This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone. For this Thursday, January 25th, 2024, I'm Waylon Smith. And I'm Nate Courtney. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, tensions between Israel and Egypt rise over land dispute. All on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Nathaniel Harrell will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Ben Carroll will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. The current temperature outside is a rainy 57 degrees. And now on to our top story. President Joe Biden is zeroing in on an expected rematch against Donald Trump after this week's New Hampshire primaries. Ten months from Election Day, Biden's write-in victory in a New Hampshire race he didn't formally contest put a fork in any plausible path to deny him a second turn at the Democratic nomination. Now Biden and his team want to clarify the choice voters will face, believing that the stakes of the election and Trump's solidifying grip on the GOP will appeal to voters in the center. Biden's seen, Biden seen a rematch with Trump as both his easier path to re-election and a validation of his decision to seek another four-year term. Israel and Egypt are engaged in an increasingly public spat over a narrow strip of land between Egypt and Gaza. That strip is the Philadelphia Corridor. The dispute puts Israel in a bind. If it stops its military offensive against Hamas without taking control of the southern Gaza city, Rafah on the border with Egypt, it falls short on its top war goal of crushing the Islamic militants. If its military pushes south to the border, it risks undermining its peace deal with Egypt and likely upsetting its closest ally, the United States. The Egypt-Israel peace deal has been a pillar of stability in a turbulent Middle East. A group of transgender veterans filed a lawsuit today, one that seeks to force the Department of Veteran Affairs to pay for and provide them gender-affirming surgeries. The lawsuit from the Transgender American Federations Association seeks to compel the VA to codify in its regulations the verbal assurances the department made years ago, ones that said they would begin providing gender-affirming services. Rebecca Eschler is a president of the association and says the surgeries are needed to reduce the risk of suicide, depression, and psychological distress for transgender people who live with gender dysphoria. A spokesperson for the Department of Veteran Affairs said they will not comment on ongoing litigation. The U.S. government privately warned Iran that the Islamic State group's affiliate in Afghanistan was preparing to carry out a terrorist attack before bombings in Kerman earlier this month that killed 95 people. That's according to a U.S. official who is not authorized to comment and insisted on anonymity to discuss the intelligence. The official said today that the U.S. was following its longstanding policy of a duty to warn other governments about potential lethal threats. The official did not detail how the U.S. conveyed the warning. ISIS-K is the Taliban's most bitter enemy and top military threat. The U.S. does not have diplomatic relations with Iran. A Japanese court has sentenced a man to death after finding him guilty of murder and other crimes after an arson attack on an animated studio in Kyoto killed 36 people. The court said it found the defendant, Shinji Aoba, mentally capable to face punishment for the crimes and will announce his sentence later today. Aoba stormed into Kyoto's Animation's number one studio on July 18, 2019 and set it on fire. 
This attack shocked Japan and drew an outpouring of grief from anime fans worldwide. Prosecutors said he was seeking revenge after thinking the company had stolen his novels that he had submitted for a contest. Coming up, West Virginia lawmakers reject bill to expand DNA database to certain felons. That and more news from across the tri-state when News Center 88 returns right after this. Captain's Log, start at 696, the lure of our queen, 6640. During a scouting mission for Her Majesty's Royal Space Force, Ed and I have uncovered WMUL, a revolutionary source of good radio. Now we must bring this news back to our world to restore our people's hope and radio. Al, we have a problem. What is it, Lynn? I've lost a signal. We can't hear WMUL anymore. How will we be able to prove our findings to our queen and her council? Calm down, Lynn. I've got an idea. Let's check out the primitive human internet. Aha! Lynn, pull up marshall.ubulu slash WMUL on your terminal. On it. Amazing. WMUL streams 24-7 online, so it's accessible from everywhere. And look, WMUL also covers news, sports, and original programming, not just music. Just keep playing WMUL, Lynn. We've hit the motherland. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted Best Spot News Reporting by the Virginia's Associated Press. I'm Willen Smith. And I'm Nate Courtney. A House Committee Chairman in Kentucky is predicting that lawmakers will put a school choice proposal on the state's November ballot. The proposed constitutional amendment would allow voters to weigh in on whether to sanction state support for charter or and private schools. Republican Res Rep Representative James Tipton who head the House Education Committee spoke at a school choice rally at the State House today, where he pointed to overall lagging test scores for minority and economically disadvantaged students as a driving force behind a school choice measure. However, the Kentucky Education Association, a labor association representing tens of thousands of public educators, says that a school choice measure would hurt every public school in the state. Facebook's parent company, Meta Platforms Incorporated, is planning to build an $800 million data center in southern Indiana. The project is expected to create more than 1,250 construction jobs at its peak. In long term, the data center is expected to employ about 100 workers in high-paying jobs when it opens. Meta said today that work will begin this month on the nearly 700,000-square-foot facility, and it's going to be located at the River Ridge Com Commerce Center in Jeffersonville, just north of Louisville, Kentucky. According to Meta, the facility is expected to be operating by 2026. The Indiana Economic Development Corporation is granting the company a 35-year sales tax exemption. A 21-year-old black man has filed a lawsuit accusing police officers in Kentucky's largest city of wrongful arrest and excessive force. Attorneys for Jamel Benedict say in a lawsuit filed this month that officers with the Louisville Metro Police Department arrested him last year as he walked along a sidewalk that was in the vicinity of a stolen vehicle. Benedict says that the officers had no probable cause to make the arrest. As of now, Louisville police are declining to comment on pending litigation. They say in a statement that officers are working to make the city a safer place to live and work. West Virginia lawmakers have rejected a bill that would have expanded a crime database to include collecting DNA samples from people arrested for certain felonies. 
Some legislators cited privacy concerns during a lengthy debate today before the 66-30 vote by the Republican-dominated House of Delegates. Current state law requires a DNA sample to be taken from anyone convicted of a felony and certain misdemeanors. The bill would have expanded the laws to adults arrested on felony charges of violence against someone, a burglary, or a case involving a minor, and some Democrats were concerned the bill infringed on Fourth Amendment protections against unreasonable searches and seizures. Coming up next, new gene therapy combats inherited deafness. That and more news from around the nation when News Center 88 returns. Stay with us. Are you job hunting? With SelfCheck, you can check your employment eligibility records before your next employer does. So before you apply, check out USCIS.gov backslash SelfCheck. It's fast, it's easy, and it's free. SelfCheck gives you the confidence of knowing your government records are in order. Check out your employment eligibility today at USCIS.gov backslash SelfCheck. SelfCheck is a service of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services and E-Verify. Welcome to Marshall University. We hope you enjoy your stay. But we know sometimes college students can get a little down. Introducing the cutting edge of all ailments, WMUL. Feeling homesick? No problem. WMUL will keep you company all day long, from our 6 a.m. morning shows until late night alternative. Tired of pinching pennies? Then WMUL is perfect for you. Marshall's very own radio station is 100% commercial free. We hope you enjoy our presentation, and don't forget to listen to 88.1 WMUL. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted Best Radio News Reporting by the Society of Professional Journalists Mark of Excellence Awards. I'm Willen Smith. And I'm Nate Courtney. The passenger in a pickup truck where an American Palestinian was fatally shot in the occupied West Bank says the shooting was unprovoked. 16-year-old Mohammed Salame tells the Associated Press that the apparent Israeli fire hit the back of the vehicle on a dirt road. 17-year-old Taufik Abdel-Jabbar was killed in Friday's shooting. Israeli police are investigating with an initial statement citing a weapons discharge by an Israeli soldier, an off-duty law enforcement officer, and a civilian targeting people purportedly engaged in stone throwing. Salome denies they were throwing stones. AP has seen at least 10 bullets in the truck, most in the back. Abdel Jabbar's father says that even if the teens had thrown rocks, they pose no imminent threat driving through the brush. Apple has rolled out an update to its operating system this week with a feature called Stolen Device Protection, which makes it a lot harder for phone thieves to access key functions and settings. Apple urges their users to turn this feature on immediately. The software update for iPhones and iPads addresses a vulnerability that thieves have discovered and exploited, one that has allowed them to lock victims out of their Apple accounts, delete their photos and other files from their iCloud accounts, as well as empty their bank accounts by accessing passwords kept in Apple's Keychain Password Manager. President Joe Biden has picked up the endorsement of the United Auto Workers Union. The Democratic president addressed the powerful union's political convention in Washington yesterday. He told a cheering crowd, quote, I'm honored to have your back and you have mine, unquote. Biden is pushing to sway blue-collar workers his way in critical auto-making swing states such as Michigan and Wisconsin. Biden is hoping to cut into the advantage Republican former President Donald Trump has enjoyed while white voters who don't have a college degree. 
Labor experts say the UAW usually endorses candidates later, as it contains a mix of Democratic, Republican, and unaffiliated voters. A federal appeals court said that Alabama can carry out the nation's first execution using nitrogen gas. A three-judge panel of the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals refused to block the execution of Kenneth Eugene Smith by nitrogen hypoxia. Alabama says its plans to replace the 58-year-old's breathing air with nitrogen gas, rendering him unconscious within seconds and killing him within minutes. Critics say the execution method violates a constitutional ban on cruel and unusual punishment. Smith is one of two men convicted in a 1988 murder-for-hire slaying of a preacher's wife. His accomplice was executed in 2010, and Smith is expected to appeal the ruling to the U.S. Supreme Court. Gene therapy has allowed several children born with inherited deafness to hear. A small study published yesterday documents significantly restored hearing in five of six kids treated in China. On Tuesday, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia announced similar gains in an 11-year-old boy treated there. And earlier this month, Chinese researchers published a study showing positive results in two other children. So far, the experimental therapies only target one rare condition, but scientists say that similar treatments could someday help many more kids with other types of hereditary deafness. Genes are responsible for up to 60% of hearing loss in children. Coming up next, Ukraine and Russia trade accusations over fatal plane crash. Your daily political update when News Center 8 returns right after this. You two must be proud of Johnny. Oh, we sure are. Yeah, he's a great kid. So he's got a job at the dealership, right? No, no. Yes, he did. Oh, right. The dealership. You know, he just started Uh, there. Actually, it's been about six weeks. (laughs) Has it been that long? And he graduates next year, right? Oh, no, no. He's still... Yes, he does, Tom. Sure, Johnny graduates next year. I thought you were talking about... Who, Tom? Need to get closer to your family? So, Larry, let's talk about your kids. Give your family everything. Give them your time. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Are you tired of spinning that dial and hearing the same old Top 40 stuff being overplayed? Do you go to bed at night dreaming of a station that will play music you want to hear all the time? Whether you're driving in your car or chilling on the porch, leave your dial here at 88.1 WMUL, progressive music, and other stuff that you want to hear. Having a good time. Welcome back to New Center 88. I'm Willen Smith. And I'm Nate Courtney. Nikki Haley is trying to frame her Iowa and New Hampshire's losses to Donald Trump as a victory. She has vowed to head off a coronation of Trump as the 2024 Republican nominee. The path through the next states to vote, however, may not be any easier for her. Haley did perform better in Tuesday's New Hampshire primary than she had in the Iowa caucuses a week earlier. She's not competing in next month's Nevada caucuses, and Trump has maintained significant support in her home state of South Carolina, which votes February 24th. The Super PAC supporting Haley says it expects to raise enough money to keep running ads and sending mailers over the next month. Former President Donald Trump has testified for a total of less than three minutes at a New York trial where an advice columnist seeks over $10 million in defamation damages against him. He took the stand in his own defense today in Manhattan's federal court. The writer E. Jane 
E, excuse me, E. Jean Carroll says Trump ruined her reputation as she accused him of sexually abusing her in the mid-1990s. He testified that he just wanted to defend him, himself, his family, and the presidency. Carroll seeks damage regarding things Trump said about her in 2019 after she revealed her claims in a book. A jury last year agreed Carroll was attacked by Trump in the dressing room of a Manhattan department store. However, Trump denies these allegations. The nation's economy, economy grew at an unexpectedly brisk 3.3% annual pace from October through December as Americans showed a continued willingness to spend freely despite high interest rates and price levels that have frustrated many households. The latest figures reflected the surprising durability of the world's largest economy, marking the sixth straight quarter in which GDP has grown at an annual pace of 2% or more. Consumers drove the fourth quarter growth. Their spending expanded at a 2.8 annual rate for items ranging from clothing, furniture, recreational vehicles, and other goods to services like hotels and restaurant meals. The GDP report also showed that despite the robust pace of growth, inflammatory measures continued to ease. A group of more than 4,700 auto dealers in the United States have sent a letter to President Joe Biden, urging him to halt regulators' efforts to require cars to emit less pollution. The Environmental Protection Agency is expected to finalize its proposed greenhouse gas rules in the coming weeks. This is the second letter dealers have sent to the White House in two months, and it calls the rules an electric vehicle mandate. Dealers say recent changes to electric vehicle tax incentives and charging infrastructure make it impossible to meet the EPA's targets. But the EPA says automakers could meet these goals with just 67% of new vehicles electric by 2030. Russia and Ukraine are trading accu accusations over the crash of a military transport plane that Moscow said was carrying Ukrainian prisoners of war and was shot down by Kiev's forces. It was another heated episode in the information war that has been a feature of the conflict. Though investigators reportedly found the flight recorders a day after yesterday's crash, there was little hope that the circumstances would be clarified in a war where both sides have often used accusations in a bid to sway opinion at home and abroad. The IL-76 crashed in a huge ball of fire in a rural area of Russia, and authorities there said all 74 people on board, including 65 prisoners of war, six crew, and three Russian servicemen were killed. And coming up, Nathaniel Hara will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Ben Cower will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. Stay with us. to chow down on the crabgrass growing out of your driveway. This is the little chunks of rock and dirt flying everywhere like shrapnel, hitting your ankles, and sooner or later, hitting your eye. This is you calling yourself every name in the book for not wearing eye protection when working with a lawn tool. Any lawn tool. And this is a message about safety from the American Optometric Association. My brothers, we gather here today for one true and all holy purpose. The summoning of the great being. Give away your essence freely, brothers. Now, arise, arise. Yes, it's WMUL 88.1 FM. The greatest source of music, news, and sports the world has ever known. 
We are in debt to you! Welcome back to New Center 88. I'm Nathaniel Hara, and now it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Today you'll find it's a cool and rainy 56 degrees. Temperatures will remain pretty similar throughout the night with the temperature being around 58 degrees around 9 p.m. Before again staying around the same temperature with a projected high of 58 degrees around 3 p.m. tomorrow. Tomorrow evening the temperature will drop a little bit to a low of 51 degrees before dipping down Saturday afternoon to a cool and potentially rainy 46 degrees around 1 p.m. Your weather word of the day is halos. Halos are rings that encircle the sun or moon when seen through an atmosphere filled with ice crystals. Light from the sun or moon is refracted when it passes through ice crystals. This creates a halo effect to the observer on the ground. Thank you weatherology.com for that information. Currently outside of the WMUL studios, it's a rainy 56 degrees. That's your Metro Huntington weather forecast. For New Center 88, I'm Nathaniel Hara. Thanks Nathaniel. Now Ben Cower joins us with the FM 88 Sports Report. Thanks guys. Let's start off with some thundering herd sports news, beginning with women's basketball. Marshall, which is 14-5 overall, but an undefeated 8-0 in Sunbelt Conference play, matched a season-high 14 triples as the conference-leading thundering herd defeated defending champions James Madison University, which is now 14-6 on the season and 6-2 and in Sunbelt play, on the road in a 77-70 victory. The win for Coach Kim Caldwell's herd ties a mark with Judy Southard's 1988-89 herd squad for the best start to league play in program history. Marshall, who trailed by as many as 14 early, was losing 33-37 to at the half. And just like that, the Herds matchup versus, at the time, the best team in Sunbelt played the Old Dominion Monarchs earlier this season. The Herd adjusted at the halftime break, came out swinging in the second half. Dominated over the course of the second half, outscoring the Dukes by 20, over 20 to be exact, over the first 15 minutes after halftime. Hazlyn Hayes took off in the third, netting 10 of her game-leading 21 points in the quarter. Brianna Campbell and Abby Beeman also scored 19 and 10 points, double digits, to aid in the total. Sydney Scott also added 12 points off of four triples. Three of Scott's three-pointers came crucially in the first half to keep the herd within striking distance. Sophomore guard connected on two shots from deep in the final 30 seconds of the opening half to get Marshall within four at the break. With the win, the Thundering Herd holds a one-and-a-half game lead over, or over the next closest team in the conference, which is Troy, following Wednesday's results. The Herd will travel to Georgia's southern, Statesboro, Georgia, for a 2 p.m. tip-off on Saturday, January 27th, in its quest to make history. In men's basketball news, Marshall, which is now 10-11 and 11 overall and 5-3 and three in Sunbelt Conference play, began its four-game homestand with a 77-68 victory over the Georgia State Panthers, which fell to 9-10 and 10 overall and 4-4 four and four in Sunbelt Conference play. It happened on Wednesday night, just a night ago, in the Cam Anderson Center. Marshall trailed the majority of the first 27 minutes of the contest, with the first half ending with a moonshot buzzer beater from the logo from Panthers starter Dwan Odom. It was Odom's only shot outside the arc the entire matchup. 30-29 was the score at the half. Yet, in the final 12 minutes and 32 seconds of play, Marshall outscored Georgia State 28-16. A 9-0 run started with 5 minutes and 44 seconds remaining with a layup with Obina and Achille Killen 
the score and ended by a Nate Martin layup at the four minutes, nine second mark. And that gave Marshall its largest lead of the contest at 13 points, 73 to 60, and iced the game. Anna Chili Killen finished the game with a high game high, 22 points, 16 of those points in the second half. The 9-4-16 night from the field in his seventh contest of over 20 or more points this season. Martin tallied 14 of his 15 points in the second half and grabbed 13 rebounds for his 10th double-double of the season, which still keeps him ranked top 10 in the nation. And the junior made six of his 10 field goal attempts in the victory. Camden Kerfman also rounded out a trio of double-figure scoring efforts for the Herd as he tallied 13 points. It's Kerfman's 15th consecutive game of the season where he's earned a double-digit point total. Marshall's defense stepped up up as it held Panthers leading scorer Lucas Taylor to just eight points. Taylor came into the game averaging 14.8 points per game and the contest just marked his fourth this season with fewer than 10 points. So the herd defense held up. The next game for the herd will be Saturday afternoon as Marshall closes out the week again or at home against Southern Miss at 4 p.m. and the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network will have coverage of Saturday's contest with the pregame coverage beginning at 3.30 p.m. FM88 Sports' Ben Cower and Jonathan Edwards will be on the call. Now on to Marshall Track and Field news, where over the weekend the track and field team competed in both the Indiana Invitational and the VMI Team Challenge. FM88 Sports' Ben Anderson has the recap. Last weekend, Marshall Track and Field divided the team into two locations, competing in both the Indiana Invitational and the VMI Team Challenge. Leading the way at the Indiana Invitational was Tyra Thomas winning the 60-meter hurdles and the women's DMR team of Abby Herring, Marley Porter, Sophia Newsom, and Kylie Mastin, breaking the school indoor DMR record that was set at last season's Sunbelt Conference Indoor Championships by five seconds, with a time of 11 minutes and 45.59 seconds. Cross-country head coach Caleb Bowen says, even with the impressive performance in a unique environment, there's still room for improvement. Oh, they can run a lot faster. I mean, that was just it was supposed to be a fun event. Last week was supposed to be kind of like a off event weekend, and I thought they would have a lot of fun with that, and sure enough, they did. Leading the way for the Thundering Herd at the VMI Team Challenge was junior Diana Goodman, staying undefeated in the pole vault this season with a 3.81-meter vault. Director of track and field cross-country Keith Roberts says that Goodman provides the example of what he expects out of each athlete this season. She's getting better and better every day. You know, she has a lot of talent, a lot of ability, and this just says a lot about her mentality towards competitions and you know we want that for our entire team and I think we do have that all across the board in every single event. Overall between the Indiana Invitational and the VMI Team Challenge the Thundering Herd will have 23 athletes scored in events. Director Roberts says the key to the team's success is the amount of hard work and determination that is put in every day. I think it says a lot about our coaches and our athletes so we have a staff here that we feel like is well-rounded as a staff. They know a lot of events they can coach a lot of events but we also more importantly, have the athletes that are willing to listen to them, take the critique, and uh, go out and apply it on the track. But be competitive. You have to be competitive. You could be fast. You could jump high, jump far, throw far um, in practice, but that doesn't mean anything if you can't go out there under the lights and turn it on. Marshall Track and Field this weekend will travel to the University of Louisville for the PNC Lenny Lyles Invitational. For FM88 Sports, I'm Ben Anderson. Thanks, Ben. The Lenny Lyles Invitational starts Friday at 10 a.m. with the women's long jump and 60-meter heptathlon. Now on to swimming and diving news, as the Marshall University swimming and diving team, which is 3-2 and two on the season, is set to close its 23-24 regular season against Toledo with the same record on Saturday for Senior Day. The start time for the meet is 10 a.m., and it will be honoring 11 seniors Saturday prior to the meet at 9.30 a.m. And that will conclude today's FM88 Sports Report. For FM88 Sports, I'm Ben Cower. 
Thanks, Ben. And coming up, Oscar nominee to play Michael Jackson's father in upcoming biopic. Stay with us to find out more right after this on New Center 88. Don't think a penny buys much? Depends on how much you value safety. One way to check tire safety is by placing a penny upside down in the tread. If you can see the top of Lincoln's head, you need to replace your tires. We can help you travel more safely with a five-minute monthly tire check. To learn more, visit our website at www.nhtsa.gov. Tire safety. Everything rides on it. And finally today on News Center 88, fresh off of his Oscar nomination, Coleman Domingo has joined the upcoming Michael Jackson biopic, Michael, to play the pop star's domineering father, Joe Jackson. Lionsgate announced today that Domingo has been cast in Antoine Fuqua's currently in production film. On Tuesday, Domingo was nominated for Best Actor by the Academy Awards for his performance as the civil rights activist Bayard Rustin in Rustin. Joe Jackson, who died in 2018, was the controversial patriarch of a musical family, launching the Jackson Five and the solo careers of Michael and Janet. But he was also an alienating manager and abusive father whose children later in life distanced themselves. Michael is, schedule, is to schedule to open in theaters in April of next year. And that does it for this edition of New Center 88. Tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University and the Tri-State area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Nate Courtney, Nathaniel Hara, Ben Cower, Ben Anderson, and for the entire New Center 88 team, I am Waylon Smith, and your thought of the day is, a dead end is just a good place to turn around. Naomi Judd.